0: Geekish Cast, Episode 110, Let's Talk About The Flash. Welcome back to Geekish Cast. I'm your host Jeremy, and I'm joined today by Trevor Reese. How you doing there, Trevor? I'm doing
1: good. Jeremy, how are you?
0: Doing quite well. And Trevor, you're um, I'm having you on because I'd like to talk about the Flash, and you are one of the hosts of podcasts of two worlds.
1: Yeah, it's a podcast literally all about the Flash, um, and we talk about the TV show mainly, um, but then we also talk about the comic book. We're talking uh, every month. We talk about what's happening in the current run. Um, and then every Saturday we, um, are going issue by issue through, uh, Jeff Johns's run because Jeff Johns, he's the guy who currently runs DC or he has, he's, uh, currently he's now just put in charge of DC films. Um, and he's going to be like co-writing the Batman film. And so his fingerprints are like all over the flash TV series. And so we're going through his run. And so we talk all sorts of flash.
0: Well, and he's it, it's more than just that too, because Jeff Johns also did uh, re- Flash Rebirth back. Yeah,
1: he was the one um, between Grant Morrison bringing the character back in Final Crisis, and then Jeff Johns's Rebirth series. Yeah, he's mainly responsible for bringing the character back, which sucked because he was also responsible. Like him and Mark Wade are the two people who established why Wally is like an amazing Flash, and then right. they just like nah, but
0: Barry. Well, that's, and that's kind of a weird thing, because, so I'm a little bit older than you, so when I was a little kid, I read comic books, and then for a long time, you really couldn't find them. Mm. And then they started, you know, like, Dark Knight Returns came out, and then all of a sudden, we all knew about Comic Book shops. Yeah. And then, you know, so, like, I'm getting into comics again as, you know, pre preteen or a teenager, and I'm getting blown away, because I'm like, well, wait a minute, so that Robin isn't Dick Grayson, Robin's some other dude and Dick Grayson is Nightwing, and Nightwing and some other kids are the Titans. And so for me, most of my life was just going into Crisis and just coming out of it, and that's famous for transitioning from Barry Allen to Wally West. Yeah. But before all that, The Flash was a very different character originally, wasn't he?
1: Oh, yeah. There have been... I've been noticing, like, The Flash, if you watch so much media... Like, there's, it's always Bruce Wayne is, uh, is Batman, uh, or, and Clark Kent is Superman, Diana Prince, Wonder Woman, but, like, The Flash is just, like, The Flash. He's just, like, it's just this embodiment of, like, an idea of a hero, like, this speedster idea, because originally The Flash was Jay Garrick in, uh, the 40s, uh, 1940 or 1941, The Flash was introduced, and he look i mean the the 40s the golden age of comics were really a golden age because you could just do anything like and the flash he looked like jay garrick just had like a t-shirt with a lightning bolt and he had mercury's helmet on
0: yep <laughs>
1: uh and that was the flash for um that decade for the through the 40s that was the flash um and like you and similar with uh green lantern like uh The Green Lantern and The Flash, like, they are two characters who are sort of, like, run parallel to each other. Like, they, and they talk, like, you see that in stories a lot. Like, Flash and Green Lantern have a connection no matter who it is. But, like, even, like, their publication histories, you had two different, like, very, very different Golden Age characters. And then the two, uh, like, the two people who start the Silver Age of comics in the 50s are reboot versions of Green Lantern and The Flash.
0: Right. Well, and in the forties, thirties, and forties—I mean, thirty-nine and up through the nineteen forties—it was very easy to just like take a character and go, "Oh, he magically has superpowers." Oh, yeah, no,
1: no explanation, like yeah. magic. He's an amulet, or yeah, because Jay Garrick was
0: experimenting with hard water. I, if I remember and, right, that was it, and inhales yes. fumes.
1: Mm -hmm. um and i mean also testament to the show because they no matter what they did with the jay garrick storyline that's how they sold it and nobody said anything about that um but yeah it was just sort of like magic crazy mad science science um and really like every like now we have like textbooks of how like superheroes like operate like we have the physics we know how much it would cost to be batman like and back then, it was just like, no, his parents were killed. He's going to avenge them by becoming this uh, shadowy figure. There it is. And, like, don't waste your time. Worry about that. We're just going to tell the stories of it.
0: Nothing to see here. Yeah. You know what cracked me up? I've, I've started rereading um, The New Teen Titans this week. Mm. And there's a scene where, uh, after Robin talks to Raven, he gets dressed in his Robin suit, right? And he goes running through the living room. And Bruce Wayne is sitting there in a smoking jacket, smoking a pipe. <laughs> This was written in, like, 1980 or 81. Oh, yeah. You would you would never show Bruce Wayne smoking a pipe.
1: Oh, I mean, There's, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I I wonder when they dropped that, like, if how much further that goes into. But, like, character smoking, that did not fall out of vogue until, like, 2000.
0: Right. No, you're absolutely correct. Well, I mean, you know, I didn't quit smoking until three years ago. Yeah yeah so but now and it still blows me away when I see like young people smoking now I'm just like okay guys there's not even a question anymore (laughs) you know what this does
1: I was just having a conversation about the um uh with some uh people I do improv with and we were saying like my opinion is like now it's it's about the the boost it's because I mean kids nowadays like they want to just be amped up and and they're like it's Adderall and like uppers are like the drugs of choice and so that's why I think they're smoking like the, the reason, like Sherlock Holmes, smokes. It helps with like the mind. It kind of gets it that much more engaged. And it's just like, it oh, fuck, be. fuck, fuck my lungs. I don't care about that. We'll we'll figure that out. I think they're just caring about the syn- yeah. synapse.
0: Well, I just, yeah. Well, yeah. And then if you if you're right, you know, Adderall, you know, chugging down a Mountain Dew. Yeah, and just that yeah, yeah, little, yeah. little it's, extra it's spark It's the, the Mountain the
1: Dew. It's kids raised on like Mountain Dew, and so they they need like the up, and so that's. That's, I think, the only, the last vestige of what cigarette smoke, like, offers people. Because, yeah, it fucks your lungs, yeah. it does all this. Oh. Well,
0: it, it's horribly – I mean, I smoked from the time I was a little kid until – literally, I went to my doctor when I was 39, and he goes, you got to quit smoking. I, I don't mean, like, this year. I mean, like, you have to promise me that when you walk out of this office, you will stop smoking. <laughs> wow. Oh, wow. <laughs> okay. Nobody's ever been quite that strict on it before. <laughs> But, um, yeah, it just blows me away to see that. And then to see Batman, of all people, yeah. somebody who like, doesn't even drink alcohol in the comics. You're just like, hmm, <laughs> smoking a pipe. huh? I
1: mean, but that's yeah. also, like, the image of, like, that's also, like, the image of, like, the bachelor, like, the, the rich oh, person. the
0: swinging playboy. Yeah. yeah.
1: Like, it's also, like, still, like, that's 50 years that that image, like, maintains of what kind of, what we perceive to be, like, a rich bachelor.
0: Yeah, well, it was just it, because if I remember right, the first time you see a bat crash through Batman's window, isn't he smoking a pipe? Yeah, oh yeah, I think so. Yeah, it's very weird. <laughs> uh, so are you, like, a lifelong Flash fan? Why don't you tell me a little bit about your relationship to the character?
1: Well, I mean, the Jeff Johns run, when it was coming out uh, in 2000s, like, I started reading um, when I was um, about, like, 13, 12 or 13. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember – like, I, I love this story because, like, I always hear, it, like, the Comic-Con – like, every every comic is someone's first comic, and that's why they explain why they re- have to reboot everything and all everything like that. But that's true because my first comic was this random-ass Spider-Man uh, issue 24, and it's, like, in the middle of, like, a crazy crossover and also is, like, basically the culmination of the past 24 issues. And, like, jumping in as that being the entry point, is like, what the hell – uh, but I still wanted to keep reading it. Um, but yeah, so I got into the Flash. Um, Wizard had like an article about the Jeff Johns run, um, and I was just very intrigued by it. And I got on um, pretty early into it. And then yeah, Wally West was my guy. I I loved him. Like he had, he had a really cool like when Johns was writing him, he had a really cool like place in the DCU like. He was he's the animated Flash in the um the Bruce Justice Tim. Yeah. yeah. And then um but then he also kind of for a long time was like this mo- the moral compass of the of the DCU. And I think that's something that they sort of retroactively gave to Barry. Um because he kind of like Barry was really like a milk toast kind of character. I mean that he was is is the thing that people always forget about the reason why he's killed off in infinite crisis is his book was sluggish and they like had retired him like he wasn't really the flash uh like leading up into crisis and so like Wally like Barry's current place as like the flash is built on the legacy that Wally built him um I don't know. I'm just starting to ram- ramble and rant now. Yeah, no, 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 I, I, think <laughs> I didn't realize that's fair, how passionately I want people to recognize that Wally is is as much the Flash as Barry.
0: Well, I can. Okay, so I mean, even if you do the math, they've been the Flash about the same amount of time.
1: Yeah, yeah, go, yeah, yeah, yeah. It would have been. Um, uh, what would that? Uh, or I mean. Thirty, thirty years to twenty years. That's not. I mean, once you not hit a
0: whole t- lot of difference. Yeah,
1: twenty verse thirty isn't as different as like ten verse twenty.
0: Right. Um, and I think an argument could be made that Barry Allen on the TV show is based off of Wally West.
1: Oh, a more yeah, way more so. I yeah, um, like he's is a little bit more headstrong than uh, Barry really was. Like I Jeff Johns really sort of is the one who created the current Barry Allen. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like, I, I'm also super stoked that they finally, I'm, I'm very curious to see what they're going to be doing with the Wally as Kid Flash thing. Well, I mean, he's not Kid Flash, uh, but he's like the current Flash in the, the series coming into season three. I'm hoping, like, cause I mean, it's like in an alternate reality, in the Flashpoint reality, and so I'm just wondering if it's not something that they can, how they're going to maintain it afterwards. Um... Like, how he'll think, still be the Flash after Flashpoint gets, resi- gets reset, because I want him to be the Flash.
0: Yeah, right. I, I mean, I think you'll have to see some version, I mean, of him. Well, okay, so the comic books are doing it right now. Barry and Wally are both the Flash right now.
1: Yeah, and there's two Wally Wests running around, yeah,
0: too. But, yeah, <laughs> Wally 1 and Wally 2.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: yeah, that's going to be so... Well, you know, I'll tell you what, Anytime time the Flash gets involved, it gets confusing really, really fast. It just always has. <laughs> Remember, because I mean, you remember when Wally disappeared and Bart became the Flash, right? Yeah,
1: I was I was stoked on that too. Like, I liked I. I mean, ser- seriously, Jeff Johns did so much to make the Flash, an a compelling character, and his his whole like back catalog. Because like Bart Allen under Mark Wade was horrendous. Like nobody cared for that character, right. and people like Peter David and Jeff Johns like had to do a lot to make people actually care about Impulse. And I think it sucked that his payoff was 13 issues and he's killed by the rogues, and then it's reset afterwards.
0: Yeah. Oh, such a weird thing. I guess he can't have a crisis without a Flash dying, though. Yeah,
1: exa- yeah exactly. And that, But that's also the thing of, like, the Flash is just more... He's one of the characters who's more of a disembodied idea... Over like Clark Kent has to be Superman sort of thing. Like it's a Flash has to die, not the Flash has to die every crisis. Like because we've right. and successfully four characters have been the Flash.
0: Um, uh, yeah, and and more if you start looking at future incarnations as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um,
1: yeah. uh, that's I I'm s- bummed. Like keeping keeping up with Bard Allen for a sec. Like I'm bummed he's been gone since the New Fifty Two. Because whoever that kid Flash was in the New 52 was not Bart Allen. Um, And so I'm kind of bummed that that character, like, I kind of hope now that they brought Wally West back, that opens up the door for Bart Allen to be uh, uh, something.
0: Yeah. Well, are you more? I assume you're more a DC guy, but let me go ahead and ask so we know for sure. But are you more a Marvel or DC guy? Who's really your your company of choice? I
1: mean, it, it's
0: weird. My my tastes have changed because um,
1: mm-hmm. I mean, my favorite I always Spider Man's always my guy. Okay. He's Spider Man's my favorite character, but really, like outside of Spider Man, there's not really any character that I have any sort of passion. Four at Marvel, but like DC, I just, I can get behind a lot of it because I like the mythology of it a lot more and Marvel, Marvel has to build a lot more of its mythology and it's sort of grounded in a realism. Like it's, it's sort of like we were saying earlier, how everything is explained now, DC still has managed a way to actually have like magic magic and like have fantastical elements mm-hmm. and not have it be out of place. And so, yeah, I just like the d c. universe a little bit more, um, just as a whole, like
0: and I like Marvel. I don't know
1: it's <laughs> it's oh, not no, I get you yeah, I,
0: I like both, uh, but I think there's a there's a difference. there's the Marvel feel, which is you know either very street level or whatever whatever sphere of influence you're talking about, but it's about the person in that superhero's costume, yeah. it's it's about Peter Parker and trying to get to school a long time after getting his ass beat by, you know, the Scorpion or whoever. Yeah. Well,
1: it's like even, like, to speak on that, like, Peter Mm -hmm. Parker's, like, one of the only characters who's had his name in the title of his book. Like, you don't have Barry Allen, The Flash. Um, Like, you had Peter Parker, the Sensational Spider-Man, and then Peter Parker, Spider-Man. Like, it is very much about those individual characters Yep. My buddy Russ he's the the best sort of explanation I've ever heard of the um sort of Marvel DC difference is Marvel um turns monsters into men and DC turns men into gods.
0: That I was going to say sort of the same thing. Yeah. Marvel is very much about the person in the in the costume. Mm-hmm. Whereas DC is very much about a costumed hero.
1: Yeah. When, and Marvel is very much about how your power comes from, like, your failings, comes from, like, the darker parts of you. Not the darker parts of you, but, like, what you could see as a fault, what others can see as a fault is actually what your power is. Mm-hmm. And DC sort of taps more into the just, not general, but more into, like, the you can just rise above and find within yourself to be this like you can be Superman, you can and, and find just find it within yourself. Um, so it's more like an optimistic. I'd say optimistic is DC and Marvel's pragmatic, but they're both sort of talking about the same thing. Uh, I think that works. Yeah, because so, I don't want to say Marvel's was, cynical, but it's definitely not. It's more realistic about where
0: it's coming from. I think the word pragmatic was a very good yeah. choice. Yeah. Um, what was your feel of the New Fifty Two?
1: Uh, as a whole, I did not, I didn't care for it. it. There was, yeah, there was some cool stuff there. It was exciting. And I was reading some stuff. Like I liked the flash at the time, like Francis Manapul and Brian, uh, I never could say his last name, right. But Giletto, um, they, they had a really like just a gorgeous run. Like it's probably the best. The Flash book has ever looked was under them in the lots in the new fifty two because it kind of had they were doing some fun stuff with the layouts and Francis Manipal is just a great artist in general, um, and so I liked it but I w- I didn't find it like necessarily compelling and mm-hmm. the fact that the Rogues uh, the ones who had like external powers now were metas that sort of didn't sit well um, and. Yeah, and then like as a whole, like I don't know, I found I wasn't like some apologist, like I wasn't, or like oh, I need I need the the old stuff. Like how can you reset everything? I was I, if the stories were exciting, they were exciting, but there wasn't much that I really latched onto. I remember reading like Resurrection Man, like Justice League Dark. Like I liked sort of the more exciting titles that they had, but those were low sellers, and those were the first to go. Right.
0: Yeah, and see, I had a problem. Like, one of the things I like about DC Comics is their history. Yeah. You know? And, and look, I realize we've been through some resets and some some hiccups and burps as we've gone, but the fact that you had the Justice Society where a bunch of old heroes and a bunch of young heroes, and the old guys were teaching the young people how to be the new guys. Yeah. And you had two flashes, and you had, and it was just part of the thing. hmm and then when New Fifty Two came along, they just kind of went, um, oh, no, Superman just showed up five years ago, and he was the first hero. Yeah, but then, but then you go, but Batman has still had four Robins, and I'm like, well, wait a minute. Well, that
1: was the problem was they didn't do a full reset. Like mm-hmm. they tried, to, I don't, I don't want to use this for like they tried to have their cake and eat it too because Jeff Johns Green Lantern was not rebooted at all. No, it was not. Um, And a few other books, like, were unhindered by it. I mean, what's the... And also, like, what's the difference between, like, what uh, Scott Snyder was doing with what was happening in Batman at the time? Like, Scott Snyder could have very comfortably have done that within the confines of the old DC universe. But at the same time, like, they were worried about the numbers being so high, like... Action Comics just hit, had just hit nine hundred, um, and so I think they were sort of panicking about like trying to reinvigorate everything. Yeah, but but it's yeah they should have just done full reboot. That was the problem is that they well, did that
0: was that was the problem they had with Zero Hour. That was the problem they had with Crisis on Infinite Earths. Yeah, well, yeah. Some people some people had to reboot. Some people didn't.
1: Yeah, the that's that's when you have a problem is when you don't get full reboots when some people get like special treatment and they get to keep going cuz they're just going to have resentment but then also you you have to incorporate all this awkward continuity into your story like Batman had five Rob before Robins within 5 years that's ridiculous Tim mm-hmm. uh Dick Grayson had his whole Robin thing somehow Batgirl was also Oracle and at the same time and became Batgirl again like it was so like they just did so much to try and please the fans that it just made the new 52 like such a mess. And then you also just have the the news stories at the time with all the the stories of people quitting the books and everyone just like there was a very like much this idea in the uh comic press that like the DC editors were like pissing off DC writers like left and right. And so yeah, the new 52 I, I didn't mind the idea of it, but just ultimately what ended up happening was just such a mess.
0: So were you, were you excited when rebirth was announced?
1: Yeah. I mean, Jeff Johns working on rebirth. He's two, for, he's two for two so far. Um, mm-hmm. And so giving him whole range over the whole uh, line to do a full rebirth was awesome. And the book was the, the um, one shot was amazing um, the Watchmen thing. Like, I'm not against it, but I'm just I, I'm I hope they go as as I I have it's I have the I'm just worried that it's going to disappoint
0: that the its payoff had it better be worth it is really the the trick there.
1: But not even like I'm worried they're not because you need to go full blown crazy ass Alan Moore style like plan here because and it seems like they're going to go the Zack Snyder route in his Watchmen adaptation. And it, it's yeah, I'm worried that the stakes aren't going to pay off because it's got to be wacky and weird and crazy and also somehow incorporate um the somehow incorporate Watchmen because obviously this is after that series and so we need to now find out what happened in between here and there. And so that's got to be a compelling story. They ha- it's it's a lot they're going to have to pay off. But it could be cool. I say, get, yeah, Grant, I, get Grant Morrison to do it. If Grant Morrison takes care of it, like especially after the stuff he was doing in Multiversity, Grant Morrison could could give you a payoff for it.
0: Right. Well, that's that's a yeah. Grant Morrison, I think, is the only person that can even carry Alan Moore's jockstrap. You know. Yeah. Um, they're just like these two mad geniuses of comic just writing. The, the
1: ideas that are present, like as like everybody lauds all the the comic book work Alan Moore did in uh, DC and like all the ideas he brought to that but like he went batshit in his creator own stuff like uh, Promethea is insane Mm -hmm. like that book is amazing and and like the level of detail that guy goes into for like the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen guy's insane
0: (laughs) well even even when he took over Rob Liefeld's uh, uh, colorless pale bland Superman knockoff oh yes
1: uh, Supreme
0: Supreme, and he just turned it into a powerhouse of storytelling.
1: Yeah. Warren Ellis just did a really, or not just, but, I mean, recently he did a, a Supreme seven-issue miniseries that was awesome. Really? Yeah. it's Supreme Blue Rose. uh Tula oh, something. Uh, the art is amazing. She did, um, she also did an issue of Wicked and Divine. I forget her name, um, but the art's amazing, but it's Warren Ellis just sort of, um meditating on the idea of rebirth or reboots and rebirth within like a comic book like what's it like to experience the world resetting multiple times and so he just it's it's really cool i really liked it and then you just sort of see these characters sort of acting as like archetypes more so than like actual people and it's really it's a really interesting book i really liked
0: it huh yeah I'll have to give that one a look. I, I didn't know that anything was being done with that character at all. Yeah.
1: Well, I think the fact that Supreme has gotten Warren Ellis and Alan Moore goes to show you that there are no, there's no such thing as a bad idea.
0: There's <laughs> well, bad no. creators. There's bad creators. <laughs> like, like, look, I still think there's great Superman stories to be told. Yeah. But if you hire a shit writer, you cannot expect that character to shine. Yeah. You know?
1: I'm bu- That's I, I hear all
0: the time. I hear all the time people go, Oh, Superman sucks, you can't do anything with it. I'm like, you're out of your goddamn minds. You really,
1: really are. I every time I get a chance to talk about what's wrong with Superman, it's the Jesus thing of it. He's not it's the fact that people have lifted him up to be this god. And, like, this infallible person who, like, is willing to die for our sins, like, misses the point because he's Moses. He's the exactly. baby sent in the basket to deliver his people from injustice. So he can be, like, the first Superman story, he, ta- he bullies an arms dealer into joining the army. And then Superman joins the army with him. And then he walks him to the front line so he can see his weapons in action. And Superman's just laughing because he's not going to get hurt by bullets. It's, like, insane, like, and that's the intent. Like, he's not this god. He's this man who just happens to have the powers of a god, and people are just, so many people miss the point of it.
0: Well, I I talked to a comic creator and a guy who teaches a class, um, oh, back east, I can't remember what state he's in right now. Uh, Ben Cohen was his name. And we actually talked about how... Superman was created by two Jewish kids, yeah. and then totally saddled with Christian imagery over the last thirty-five years. Oh yeah, and he's not Jesus. You're absolutely right. He's Moses,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and it, it's kind of this weird cultural appropriation.
1: Yeah, it's it's very strange um, how much, like, and I want to know if it predates, like, if it because you kind of don't get that feel from the Christopher Reeve stuff. Because that's, but that also has a general like hokey tone. But then you have like Superman Returns definitely. Oh, it, abso-
0: it definitely. absolutely, it absolutely comes through in the first Christopher Reeve movie. Does it? Oh, I you mean, remember like... uh, Jor El's speech? Okay. In the, oh, see, I'm old enough to remember when okay. this was in the theater. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And there was a there was an advertisement for it. Was whatever the reason was, and for this, my son, or for this, I have sent them you, my only son. Oh, okay. To show the, Okay. It was absolutely. You got to remember that movie was written by Mario Puzo. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, who wrote The Godfather? Yeah. Who uh, Catholic imagery just seeps through the screen in both of those movies. Mm. Good
1: call. I mean, it's been a while since. So I'm, I'm, oh no, I'm no, no I, I understand no, but no, that. yeah. I always appreciate when I get called like to get the record straight. Like, okay, cool, cool, cool. Um,
0: but no, like, Chris, uh, Superman returns. When he's up in the sky after lifting the the Krypton, yeah. kryptonite planet or the kryptonite uh, continent, mm-hmm. and then he drops into a crucified position and then falls to earth. Yeah, that's. I mean, I think that's the first time we were actually beaten the face with it. Yeah. And then a some of it, I don't know, man. It's I didn't like Man of Steel very much, oh, but I, to the choir. <laughs> I. But I did not hate Batman versus Superman as much as everybody else did.
1: Fair,
0: uh, especially the three-hour version. Now I had to watch it in two sittings. <laughs> but there's there are things going on in Batman versus Superman. Um, you know, one of the first movies you, you see the Waynes as they're walking out of the theater. There's of course Zorro because Batman's basically just a modern Zorro. Yeah, but the other one is Excalibur. And then the fight between Batman and Superman is a retelling of the fight of arthur and and uh, Lancelot from the movie Excalibur and then the fight between Superman and Doomsday is a retelling of the fight between Arthur and um uh, Mordred from excalibur and it there's these weird little nods to to film in there that I don't know that. Yeah. I either think you have to shine a spotlight on it, or you have to get rid of all hints of what you're trying to do. It's subtle, especially yeah.
1: especially if it's if it's hung upon. Well, okay, it's it's subtle because if it's hung upon that image of the movie theater, that that's subtle. Especially when most people are going to look at the Zora one. Yep. Um, because that is a much more blatant, like, yes, very much so, Batman. Why hasn't Batman been played by a Latino man by this point? Because he's basically Zorro. Um yes. But um, but also, that's, that's something that can potentially be lost because it ends with um, Batman saying he wants to assemble the Justice League, and it's like, and those are the Knights of the Round Table sort of thing. And so it's sort of like, right. well, you can't, tell the end of the story and then go back to the beginning. But I mean, maybe that's, maybe you're right because that the main complaint I've had with this stuff is like how much story that they run through and the fact that they start at the end of stories that you can't lead with uh, dark Knight returns and the death of Superman. And so if you're leading with the end of the story, I mean, so, I mean, it's just continuing with the thread he's doing. So he's ending with these two iconic, DC ends of characters and then also following through at the end of, uh, Arthur and, uh, Lancelot's relationship. And then the end of Arthur. Yeah. So, it's it no, is a weird thing, but I, I had no. noticed that. I like that. I like to see that there's a little bit more thought put into this movie and that there is a little bit more depth in the story because I think you're right. I think without a spotlight shown on it, it's very easy to miss that that stuff is there. Oh, absolutely.
0: And also, um, and I, I promise I'll quit being an apologist for this movie. <laughs> no, I, I,
1: I like – there's so many people who hate this movie, and the reasons it sucks have been articulated so finely that we know, that I like yeah. hearing now from people who liked it. And because I know why I hated it, but I don't want anybody – because some other friends of mine are just like, it's fucking parademons, man. Like, you don't even realize fucking parademons, live action, are there. We're going to get dark side, live action yeah. in real life. Like, who cares about the story being told? We're finally getting what we've been asking
0: for for s- decades. Yeah. Well, and just just for me to kind of illustrate one of the things, like, so in the theatrical release of Batman versus Superman, those uh, uh, mercenaries, they gun down an entire village, right? Yeah. And then and then they're trying to go out there and go, oh, yeah, Superman murdered all those people. And then <laughs> I'm going, well, what the fuck? Did Superman shoot all those people? <laughs> Okay, but in the three-hour edition, what they, didn't, what they didn't show in the theatrical, but they did in the home version, was those guys then turned around and used flamethrowers on everybody. And that woman who was standing up before Congress testifying against Superman was being blackmailed by Lex Luthor. Lex Luthor was paying prisoners to kill people that Batman had branded so there's like all this stuff that was only in the home edition that was not in the movie edition. I'm not saying yeah. it fixed everything.
1: Well, I've also heard that the ultimate edition is not even Zack Snyder's intended original. I heard four hours was like his intent. And to me, it's like once you have a four-hour movie, you have two that movies. Be two you movies. have two movies in yeah. your hands.
0: To me, once you have three hours, you have two movies.
1: Yeah, and so that's that's also the, the like. DC got caught up in wanting to catch Marvel that they didn't realize they could just copy Marvel and pick up, like, if they had followed the Marvel plan and just, like, started with Man of Steel and built the exact, like, literally the exact same way, it, they could have reached their Justice League by the time Avengers, the, the Infinity War's done. By time Avengers has culminated, the culmination of the original in uh Marvel Universe would be done, and then Justice League starts, and then everyone would be like, Alright, cool, jump ship, let's go over to DC and see what they're doing. Like that they yeah, rushed. I it.
0: think I think they tried to do that with Green Lantern. Yeah. Because Green Lantern was no. a, a beat for beat remake of Iron Man, but done in a half assed way.
1: Yeah. And then you oh this oh the poor Sinestro post credit scene, <laughs> that, yeah. but it's no, like I, I rem- the first Comic Con I went to was right before that. Or I, I just I remember vividly at Comic Con I went to the one where they were having the panels like teasing all the Green Lantern stuff, and Jeff Johns was saying that by they wanted to build a trilogy that would culminate in Blackest Night. And right. Blackest Night only works when you have the history behind it. If not, then you just have a Green Lantern zombie movie, and that's cool, that's all right, but that's not nearly the powerful story that Blackest Night is. You have all these heroes, all this, all this history coming back to bite these heroes in the ass, and people paying for a lot of stuff in that series. And to just build that in three movies is... Like, you can see that stuff already, The, the DC wanting to rush because Marvel got there first.
0: Oh, absolutely. But, you know, also, at the same time this year, every movie released underperformed. Yeah. Every single movie released underperformed. Captain America, which I thought was pretty good, underperformed. Well, I just heard Suicide Squad surpassed it somewhere, like domestically? Uh, I believe it was internationally. Well, I believe it's overall sales, but it included international. Okay. I believe, I, don't quote me on it, I, I can't remember. <laughs> but no,
1: I, I do know I read that it surpassed it in some way. In some, yeah. like, yeah, either domestic or international. I don't know if, yeah, I doubt it was total. Um, But, yeah, that's crazy.
0: Yeah, but I mean, every movie underperformed this year. And it's just this kind of weird... I mean, you know, we've already been hearing since it started, like, "Oh yeah, uh superhero movies—they're going to go away real soon." And I'm just kind of worrying, worrying that we already screwed it up <laughs> you know, by leaving that. I think D- I'm loving it.
1: Yeah, it's awesome, but I at the same time, like, I want them. I want to see a 40 million like Batman movie. Like, I want to. I want to see smaller movies now because that's what's fun about the comics. What's fun about the comics is like. The, like, I want to – I've been saying on my podcast, like, I desperately want to see an episode of The Flash where there is not a villain of the week. It's just very – putting out fires and dealing with, like, other stuff and, like – because that's what you can do in the comics. You can just have the the issue where the guy's just running around and just dealing with stuff. And you can get into his psyche and get to know him. Like, I want to see Batman just take on, like, the Falcone crime family and see, like, that low-tech Batman. That's that I want to see that because we've already seen him blowing up stuff, and I mean, within three years we're going to have seen him like fight face to face with Dark Side. Like, all right, cool. Like we've seen that, and we've seen the cool spectacles of what Christopher Nolan did. Like now, I want to see somebody like take him down to even further into the streets, like a dare. Yeah. I, want, well, that's, I like a daredevil. That's why I of think thing.
0: Batman works best. Personally, I want to see a crime story. Yeah, with Batman. Mm-hmm. Oh, but what I was going to say real quick, we every movie underperformed this year, and think about this, we had a movie with Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman, The Flash, and Cyborg, and Aquaman in it.
1: Asterisks on those last three, but yes.
0: <laughs> well, but, and, but I'll tell you what, man, had that been a scene, if that had been Batman or Wonder Woman watching those videos as a post credit scene, people would have shit their pants. Yeah. And, oh my god, I can't believe they did that. Yeah, you know, the fact that I it happens
1: weirdly paced in the middle of a fight
0: scene. Yeah, well, there's a real pacing issue with that whole fucking movie. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to yeah. ever shy away from that statement. If anything,
1: so, somebody in control needs to take editing power away from someone.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, and you know what? I give, I give Zack Snyder a little bit of leeway. Because, um, I mean, you know, love it or hate it, he is the only person that ever put a watchable version of The Watchmen together and got it put out. Um, you know, because originally Terry Gilliam was going to do it and it was going to have them, uh, fighting terrorists at the Statue of Liberty.
1: <laughs> so,
0: <laughs> there could have been a way worse version of that. 300 was a visual spectacle like nobody had ever seen at the time of its release. And his Dawn of the Dead was even pretty good for what it was. Yeah. You know, I give him a little bit of leeway. <laughs> that
1: was well, one of the, my, like, the fact that that. No, everybody forgot Zach Snyder was the one who gave us fast zombies. Like, so mm-hmm. he's he has shown he does not give two shits about source material
0: for a long time. Nope. So he will do whatever he wants yeah, to tell so us. We can, yeah, we. Yeah, we.
1: Anybody coming onto the bandwagon now is is late to the game because yeah. been he's been he's been messing around with you get, to put it nicely. He's been messing with conventions for the past decade.
0: Yep. Oh, uh, longer than that. Yeah. When is that, that's at least 12 or 13 years to get to Dawn of the Dead, isn't it? Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it is just 10. um 2005 or 2006, like I think, yeah. Yeah, no, okay, you're right. So yeah, just about 10. I was yeah. I mean,
1: But also back. he's just, he's. I mean, it's impressive how much he has for us to shit on in the past 10 years. Like
0: <laughs> that's <laughs> really what it is.
1: But I mean, it's also the fact of like I love the honest trailer of Batman vs Superman because it opens up with the hypocrisy of the writer and director being involved in this movie because it just shows like, but neither of them had a, had a firm grasp on what to do with this, these ideas. Right. And so to have them say that publicly and then you hire them, I want to know like, what was the pitch? What was, how were you sold off? Cause whatever I see was not, Obviously, what you saw.
0: Well, I just all I think is that Zack Snyder fundamentally misunderstands at least Superman.
1: Yeah. Oh no, he gets Batman.
0: I just wish he wouldn't yeah.
1: have him so kill cavalierly.
0: Well, okay. So every every
1: be- live action Batman has killed. Yes. Right.
0: But here's the thing. <laughs> Except so for Adam let's West.
1: Say, let's he's say I don't know.
0: He's killed some sharks. He, he's killed some sharks, man. Well, he, those guys say, know,
1: dis- he disintegrates some people.
0: Yeah, you know, I've been watching that lately. There are some kills in there. Um, but the thing is, so, like, say Batman, because of what happened with Superman's death, swears off killing. Yeah. You know, you know what? Okay, fine. I'll, I'll take that as the fix. Well, that's, but, that's, I mm-hmm. mean, that's also,
1: I'm kinda, I kind of wish Zack Snyder had a little bit more faith in humanity to not need to have these two characters have to kill in order to learn not to kill. Right. But that's also, well, that was also the thing with Green Arrow, in Arrow, like, he was murdering people left and right through his first season, and people seem to have f- forgotten or forgiven that.
0: Well, it, do you, did you ever read, oh, I'm going to forget the name, Mike Grell did a series called The Longbow Hunters, that's what it was. Oh, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. The, um, okay, yeah, when one he, of my absolute... Does, yeah, he kills someone and, like, drives him insane.
0: Yeah, well, it's it's not just that, he... um. They take him, move him to Seattle, yeah. drop him out of the superhero universe altogether. He even quits wearing a mask, mm-hmm. and he just starts shooting longbow arrows. But there's a thing he he kills a few people in there, and it it hits him really hard. Green Arrow is actually a favorite character of mine, and when I saw that first season of the quote unquote The Arrow, because you know you can't have a comic book movie, <laughs> but then I'm just like. Uh... Oh god, I don't know about this. But then they did season two and started to embrace the comic book aspects of it, and I liked that. And you know, let's we'll go ahead and last few minutes here. Then they came out with the Flash. Oh yeah, <laughs> and the Flash unabashedly just went, "Hey guys, I'm a fucking superhero TV show. What do you think of me?" Yeah, and everybody, everybody, I think loved it. Oh,
1: the like, that's it's insane how faithful they've managed to be. Um. And just so unabashedly, because there, there's to like, I don't I t- I don't want to keep comparing it, but it's just like a good touchstone. But like Marvel and how they have to explain everything, like it's so crazy how easy they just embrace all the stuff. Like this, they introduced the ring in uh, the Speed Force, um, Gorilla Grod, like, and now the Gorilla City is out there. Like, yeah, it's so crazy how faithful that show has been.
0: Well, and I'll tell you one of the other cool things was the first time where they did a flash of other universes, and you saw the nineteen nineties flash. Oh and, yeah! Oh my gosh! And Supergirl, and and you're just like, this is a comic book superhero universe on television that has external continuity. Yeah. How insane is this?
1: Oh yeah! It's oh my gosh! It's awesome. I loved that. Yeah. That was so cool. Um, but like this something I've picked up on like recently in why i think some of the the Zack Snyder films don't work is mm-hmm. so much live action stuff like basically batman and superman have sort of their movies have hermetically sealed themselves off from like from everything but like traditionally like everybody pays tribute to everything like yeah cuz the flash Makes nod of 90s flash has John Wesley ship in it as his dad brought nice. in his love interest, Tina McGee as Tina McGee in the TV show. Like, and then you have like all the stuff Smallville did all the stuff. Supergirl's doing like with bringing in Dean Kane, Helen Slater, all these, it's like, it's so crazy. Like how much stuff, like even Superman returns had like Jack Larson in it. Like, I think what a lot of these like more modern movies like the Zack Snyder movies don't have, and even the Christopher Nolan stuff is, they're so cut off from everything else that has happened. And like, we are the movie version. We are like, and it's like, no, you guys exist not only like within a history of other people playing these characters, but you exist within a multiverse. DC is like, is the only universe out of the two, like that has the multiverse and has all these multiple versions of these characters,
0: well, Marvel just collapsed theirs, but Marvel existed in a multiverse, but they didn't make a, a huge ordeal out of it like DC did.
1: Yeah, but I mean, also yeah. the extent of Marvel's multiverse experiment now seems to basically be
0: Miles Morales. <laughs> like, well, well, yeah, but they they collapsed the whole thing. Yeah, but, um, the thing is, DC has a eighty year history. Yeah. And the best way to make sense of that is to go well. Yeah, I mean, there's multiple realities. I mean, it's it's kind of the fix in and of itself for its own problem. Yeah. Hey, you know, we got 80 years of stories that we got to fit in somewhere. So well, some of them have a different universes. Well, it's also so funny. Like,
1: as much as we like to give more credit back to the New Fifty Two and like Rebirth and these more modern stories, like mm-hmm. when I was reading comics, they were so anti other worlds. Like, for the longest time, it was, the only difference was the matter universe and the antimatter universe. Right. Like, it's so crazy, like, how much they embrace the multiverse aspect of their storytelling now for basically, like, 20 years. Like, basically, Wally West's career is marked by the fact that it's just one singular universe.
0: Right. Up until that series about 10 years ago that they called 52. Yeah. Oh, and, and they then, revealed that parts of the multiverse still exist. Oh
1: my gosh, Fifty Two was that series was
0: awesome. That, I loved it. Yeah, the reveal of
1: the Fifty Two Earths and the the fact that they made uh, Mister Mind <laughs> like a extremely threatening character.
0: Yeah, that was fun too. Yeah, you take some ser- some seriously goofy character like Mister Mind uh, from Earth Five. And you go. Oh, and by the way, he's the one that's been eating the different parts of the multiverse to get his power. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, okay. Um, uh,
1: right. I'm so, oh, I'm so. And I know you just had uh, Shazam podcast on. Um, yes.
0: Oh, you're breaking up a bit there.
1: I the Shazam movie. My mic's kind of messing up. Hold on to me.
0: But yeah, um, well, so I had uh, I can't remember the guy's name. Right now. <laughs> uh, the host of Shazam cast on. Yeah. Because I I don't often go for conspiracy theories, but it sure seems to me like DC has been trying to murder Captain Marvel since the 1940s. <laughs> <laughs> what? Even to the point where they bought him, and now they're trying to slowly drown him over a 30 some odd year period. Yeah,
1: no, I, I I wouldn't put it past them. That <laughs> yeah. I will believe any conspiracy about Mar- uh, DC trying to, DC to yeah. destroy Captain Marvel.
0: He's a big red well, cheese, he,
1: but he was he was he he would be Superman now.
0: He outsold Superman yeah. for many, many years. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. It would have been uh, so like, it's so fascinating to see what to, to, to imagine what the American comic book industry would be today. Had it not, shot itself in the foot through the forties and fifties and sixties and seventies and eighties and nineties. And today, like the amount of times the industry has shot itself in the foot to prevent it from like, even like reaching just the level that like manga in Japan, like is insane. Like the amount of reverence that they have for visual storytelling over there. It's like so insane. And even like in Europe, the storytelling that they do with their comic
0: books, Oh, absolutely, it, Moebius and those guys. Yeah, um, it's I mean it's typically not superhero comics, mm-hmm. but they you know it's not unusual to like in Germany or France see guys sitting on a train reading a, an illustrated story.
1: Yeah, and it's 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 so frustrating because of stuff like the the intellectual property stuff of like we what we could have done with having Captain Marvel out there, and also the fact that he's not Captain Marvel because Marvel decided to get in on this nonsense, and and also the fact that Marvel like deprived us of like Miracle Man and Marvel Man for so long because of that crap. Like all this stuff that and the comic book code we can get into that, like how much stuff has just been, <laughs> the industry has screwed itself over.
0: Well, and here's here's a fun one for you. You know, at one point Marvel was having so much financial trouble that DC Comics was handling their distribution for them. <laughs> And then at another time when it was Revlon or Max Factor or one of those makeup companies bought Marvel and damn near shit canned the company, DC had a chance to have bought Marvel.
1: Yeah. I remember and that. And so
0: it almost it almost happened twice where there was the possibility I mean I don't know how close it ever actually came, but there was a possibility twice that Marvel could have folded or been bought up by a competitor. What what like what that had been like had like DC bought
1: Marvel or what like emerging? I don't like, I don't think at this point, like they're so distinctive. It'd be so strange to fold them into each other.
0: Well, yeah, but you know It was strange to fold, uh, uh, Charlton. Yeah. I mean,
1: that's, people. that's, that's true. Yeah.
0: But like, um, yeah, well, I can, you know, here's my thing. I, I don't really watch pro wrestling anymore, but my younger brother and my kids did watch it really heavy at one point. And, You remember, I don't know if you remember, but there there were two big wrestling companies going into the new millennium, Mm -hmm. and then one of them folded. And ever since, man, wrestling has just not been fun to watch. (laughs) But they also got all
1: pulled in. WCW was uh, brought into uh, WWE.
0: Right, but see, without uh, the McMahon family having any competition, any real competition... They got to go and do everything they wanted without ever having to think, well, what if people get turned off? Because they just went, well, we're really the only game in town. Yeah. And so they got to follow their indulgences while the audience, they're just sitting around going, this is terrible. But we got nowhere else to go. Yeah. That's what would happen to comics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that would be terrible. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm kind of excited right now, though. I know um, I, I talk to a lot of independent creators these days. And Valiant's back in the movies. Oh, yeah.
1: Like, that's yeah. that's why, like, I kind of, when, when the, like, DC over Marvel question kind of come up, but what do I read more? Like, a lot of times I just, like, I read a lot of indie stuff. More often, yeah. like, for every for every more superhero book I pick up, there is at least one indie comic that's unrelated.
0: Yeah. More and more I hear from people that Image is their company. Yeah. Which to me is such a funny thing. Being my age, I remember. I remember <laughs> oh, yeah. they, yeah. they almost destroyed the comic book industry. Yeah, I remember. Uh,
1: like I, I complain. Everyone should should remember. If you ever complain about an image book being a month or even a week late, like it it, it could be 1990s image, and you could be waiting years in between issues. Oh, yeah. So,
0: well, you know, and, and talking to here's the thing: a lot of people don't remember was Diamond Comics, the distribution companies, had to put these crazy hard-ass laws into effect to get Image to start catching their dates. Yeah. And all of a sudden, small guys couldn't compete because they didn't have the money to sit on because Image had fucked it up for everybody. Yeah. So I am I have a lot of animosity still this day. I realize it's a different company. I still hate Jim Lee. <laughs>
1: well, I mean, and also, like, how many people, like how How much has happened within d, with jim lee and d c in the past ten years to like you could i could forgive somebody forgi- forgetting Jim Lee was a founder of image or like yeah. for, like or forgetting that wild storm and all these characters weren't part of d c for a long long time, yeah. and like that's how much the industry and just even image comics has changed over the past twenty years.
0: Oh yeah, no, it's it's a whole different company. And see, I was I was never a big Jim Lee fan. So a buddy a buddy of mine that occasionally co hosts with me likes to get me wound up, mm. so I start shitting on Jim Lee. Really <laughs> but I try to hold back from that because <laughs> one of these days I may actually have to meet the guy. <laughs> you know, I don't want him to punch me in the chops. Yeah. He does. <laughs> right now I've got a wall where I'm starting to put up. Um, like when I have a guest on and maybe they made a movie or released a comic book, and I, I'll get an image or a poster and put it up. One of my favorite ones right now is Ryan Wynn, who works on Divinity for Valiant Comics. Okay. Listened to our uh, Shazam Cast episode and then drew a Captain Marvel picture. And I was like, dude, you have to send me the digital file so I can put that up. Nice. Yeah, so that's my absolute favorite. Hey, Trevor, I'm uh I'm running down on time. Why don't you tell people where they can find your uh, your podcast? Uh,
1: you can find us um, on iTunes. We're on um, Stitcher, and then we are on SoundCloud, and it's a podcast of Two Worlds. Um, and then you can find us uh, on Twitter at p o two w underscore flash. Um, and then something cool that literally happened. Uh, it was released literally 90 minutes ago. Is me and my co-host Chris. We were on an episode of Movie Games, which is on Screen Junkies Plus, Plus. Um, and we whooped ass on that. It's like a movie trivia game that they host for Screen Junkies. They do like honest trailers and everything on YouTube. And so we were just on that, and so that was awesome. So you can.
0: Uh, oh, that's really cool. Yeah,
1: since it just happened, I want to plug it. So. <laughs> I mean, oh, absolutely! Yeah, I'll yeah, tell yeah. you
0: what. Make sure you send me the links, and when I put up the uh, the the blog post that goes with this, I'll link to all of that as well. Cool, will
1: do. The one thing, and like I totally understand why people wouldn't check it out is they have a, a it's a, a pay subscription thing. Mm-hmm. But uh, Screen Junkies Plus, if you sign up, you can get a free month and then cancel anytime. So just sign up for a day, watch our episode, see if you like it. If not, you just bounce. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so uh, thanks for having me, Jeremy. This was uh, a lot of fun talking.
0: We, yeah, we went I deep. Mean,
1: we went we went all over the place.
0: We really did. Well I'll tell you what, the next time we have a flash thing come up, I'll make sure we hit you up to come on though. Oh for sure. Um, you know, maybe especially 'cause I'm kinda hoping they use the flash to fix some things I don't care for about in the Arrowverse and kinda straighten <laughs> some other things out.
1: I mean I'm 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 curious to see how Flashpoint's gonna go. I was expecting I was expecting when they were gonna do it that it would have more impact on the other shows.
0: That's what I was wondering. I'm wondering cause I'm wondering if they're going to use this as a way to bring in Supergirl. You know yeah, I mean? it
1: seems like that's the the plan. But at the same yeah. time, there's no way they could have planned for it knowing Supergirl was going to be jumping onto the CW. Right.
0: And the fact that they're bringing Superman on is just—I don't know. I'm a little leery of that. I'm a little leery. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, Superman.
1: He's just—you forget—he's just as much of a TV and radio, like he's much of a serialized character as he is a movie character.
0: Well, here's the thing. So there's a lot of small DC characters that I love that I'd like to see them focus on. Say like Booster and Beetle. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I love to see them do some stuff. But more and more, what we end up with is the Batman, Superman, and the guys that follow them around.
1: I, I can. Not that I, no, I.
0: Not that I mind Batman and Superman. Yeah, but I'd like to see some love shared.
1: That's true. I, I understand. I understand where you're coming from with that. That's a, a very valid point. But at the same time, it's just like, all right, cool. Maybe we can get a freaking Batman on a TV show that's not Adam West. <laughs>
0: yeah. Well, and here's the thing. Maybe they'll do it. I mean, it'd be cool if they did. I, I'd like to see them open the whole thing up. You know, they've always had a, if this character's on TV, they can't be in a movie role. But that seems to be nonsense at this point, because they have Flash yeah. and... Yep, well, more and more that barrier's going to come down. Yeah,
1: I think I'm, with Berlanti and his success with the TV shows, and now Jeff Johns in a place of power at DC Films, I imagine it's going to be less stringent. Because at the same time, that's Marvel's problem with their TV shows. And, like, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is so beholden to the movies that it's sometimes just frustrating to watch. Right. Like, it's just so reactionary. And DC does not have that problem. And they have a built-in thing within their own comics, within their own universe, in their storytelling, that there are multiple versions of these characters that everyone knows about, so it's like, who cares if you have multiple versions in TV show? In this, everyone knows Batman's Bruce Wayne. People know about the Flash, so it doesn't really matter. Just have these multiple versions, and people will just—it's just you. The only thing you have to worry about is oversaturation of your character, over yeah. like people being confused, like, "Boom, Ben Affleck's Batman on the TV. Who's this guy?"
0: Yeah, well, but see, again, we're down to the point where I don't think producers feel that the viewing audience is as stupid as they used to think we were either. Yeah. Um, there was, you know, when there were multiple Star Trek TV series at the same time, they they would have rules like, well, everybody has to wear a different uniform on each show because other, otherwise people get confused.
1: Yeah. Well, they'll mm-hmm. get confused because that was back when you had to rely on like TV Guide to tell you what was on
0: your TV.
1: Like if, well, if, yeah,
0: but but we're talking about Star Trek fans. So you, <laughs> you, you know, yeah. there is no point of minutia minutiae that has been missed by the people watching this show.
1: Yeah. Um, but what I'm – like nowadays with so much available to people and so much information and the fact that you can – like I was just thinking the other day like how – like you can just watch an episode of TV like back – especially when I was a kid and through when I was a teenager – you just had to wait for that episode to come on TV and either tape it or wait for some reruns for it to be on again
0: so you get to see it again. Oh, yeah. And when I was really young, like, I'll just use Star Trek as the example. If you missed an episode, you had to wait five months to see it. Yeah. And hope that you knew that it was, you know, that order when it came around. Yeah,
1: but it's also, like, with that in mind, you can realize why the – like, why – the scenarios never changed and why TV shows were that stale back then? Because Mm -hmm. people were just jumping on and people just wanted to enjoy these characters. But now without that restriction, people haven't realized that now they can change the way they tell their stories.
0: Oh yeah. No, it's, it's a great time to watch television. Yeah. It really is. Especially with the shorter episode uh, runs and things like that. Yeah.
1: And people are more interested in doing serialized stories. Like, like Brooklyn nine, nine. If this, if Brooklyn Ten years ago, it would be a case of the week every week. And they've more or less been telling a continuous story for the past two seasons. And so it's like it like everyone's more embracing of serialized storytelling. And that's why comics are. I think that's more than anything, why comics really peak something uh, in being adapted into TV and movies is they are, are built in franchises. You have Superman. How many stories have already been told in a serialized story with Superman? Like, that just proves people are willing to just keep reading serialized stories of this character.
0: Well, it's that, and superheroes are a primarily visual medium. Yeah. Uh, you got to be able to see them punch a locomotive or something. <laughs> yeah.
1: you know? Or at least I mean, have has- a, an onomatopoeia appear on the screen. <laughs> there no, Biff ban Pau and all that.
0: Hey, Trevor, I really appreciate you coming on. Yeah. Uh, Sorry, for, I would we like almost to,
1: started again. <laughs> I know,
0: I know. Why, that's, that's why I'm going to end with I would really like to just leave an open invitation for you to come back whenever you'd like. Thank
1: you, yeah. Um,
0: I had a great time talking with you. Uh, many guests I've talked to here recently, I've realized that if I didn't put the brakes on at about an hour, we would just talk for two and a half hours. Until somebody had to take a bathroom break. Really.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. I've closed down bars with friends when I've talked comics. So yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. Me. <laughs>
0: well, so um, again, that's podcast two worlds, hosted by Trevor Reese here, and you have a co-host as well. Yes, right? my
1: co-host Chris Fimbres. He yeah. He brings the heat, and I bring the I bring the smarts.
0: So one of you, so you would be like Bobby Heenan, and he'd be like Gorilla Monsoon. Yes. That's an that's an old wrestler.
1: <laughs> yes, he would get that i'm i i am not as versed i know attitude era that was where i knew that's what i know
0: okay so you would be jim ross and he would who was the bad guy announcer back then well that (laughs) analogy
1: it's more like he's jerry lawler and i'm the other guy
0: there you go there you (laughs) go okay that covers it all right cool well trevor thanks for coming on um Everybody else, you can find us at GeekishCast.com. I'm on Facebook at Facebook.com slash GeekishCast. I tweet from at the GeekishCast. We are, of course, on iTunes, Stitcher, Spreakers, SoundCloud. Uh, hopefully on your phone. Please rate, review, subscribe, blah, 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 blah. Trevor, thank you again for coming on. Thanks for having me. And we'll see you all later. GeekishCast theme music is taken from Out to Get Mine by Reign of Zeus Check them out at ReignofZaius.net. Wherever you listen to us, you can find us on iTunes, Android, Cuminance, and on our own website at geekishcast.com. Geekishcast is a B.S. production, and all original content is copyright 2016. If you got a thought or a comment, or think you or somebody you know would be a good guest for Geekish Cast, please feel free to reach out and contact me. You can email me, TheGeekishcast at gmail.com, or Jeremy at TheGeekishcast, or you can even phone me at 209 232 6001.